and welcome to Blocks Decoded Podcast, episode eight. I am here this week with Dan. Hello, guys. Joe. Hi, everyone. And James. All right. All right. How you doing, chaps? All good? Yeah. Yeah, hot, sweaty, summer's coming. Yeah, I think uh, we're all in the middle of some heat wave or another, aren't we? Yeah, I uh, I went to the beach for the first time in about a month on Sunday and um, managed to get myself quite nicely sunburnt. So uh, <laughs> still feeling the oh effects. Dear. Yeah, feeling the effects today. I'm just looking at my. I can't put a shirt on. In fact, it's been painful going to. So now all our lis- all our listeners are now picturing you picturing you sat there recording this podcast wearing not very much at all. Hey, yeah, and just uh, what a lovely image. I've got really <laughs> nice the benefits of on. working from home. Exactly. <laughs> I have a tie on as well, so you know. It's very <laughs> <laughs> No shirt. Tie and no shirt, yeah, that's an interesting one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you're in jackass or what? <laughs> <laughs> this week we are going to look at BitMEX, the margin trading platform. Uh, it's been in the news. It's uh, receiving a lot of bad coverage. The uh, US Commodity Futures Trading Commission is investigating whether it's broke trading rules. Uh, we're going to look at President Trump dissing cryptocurrency. Is this good for Bitcoin? What does it mean for Facebook's Libra? Uh, We're going to look at the IRS who have been training their staff to find your cryptocurrency wallets online and the implications of that. Uh, And then we're going to move on to the recent articles that we have published on the Blocks Decoded website. So we're going to look at best cryptocurrency subreddits you can find on the uh, Reddit website. We're going to look at what is a Bitcoin insurance policy and whether you can actually get a personal Bitcoin insurance policy. And then Joe is going to round us up with what is Bitcoin over-the-counter trading. So we've got a lot of nice things to talk about this week. Well, some nicer than others. Uh, The first thing (laughs) we want to talk about is... BitMEX. Now, BitMEX is a margin trading platform. Uh, margin trading platforms allow you to uh, leverage your money to effectively borrow more to buy more. Uh, if you put down $25, say, and leveraged that payment at, say, four to one, you would be able to buy $100 worth of Bitcoins. Now, if the market goes one way or the other, you could be left in debt. If it goes down and you said it was going to go up, you would owe BitMEX or another margin trading platform uh, $75. And in many cases, you lose your entrance fee as well. So you lose the entire lot. You you can end up in debt quite quickly. Now, the thing with BitMEX is they have um, enraged the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CF. TC. BitMEX trades out of the Seychelles. They see as much as $10 billion worth of trading on some days. It's largely unregulated. But the thing is, they're not meant to allow uh, US traders on their platform. The US regulators have been clamping down on a lot of crypto trading firms in recent months. Bittrex, uh, Poloniex have all come under the radar and now it's BitMEX's turn. Their trading has dropped off by uh, I think 33 or so percent. Uh, Some 70 to 100 million dollars has left the platform. Um, So guys, do you think it is 
all downhill from here for BitMEX. Well, so what's the reason that the US is targeting them? It's presumably not because specifically because they're crypto. It's to do with trading. Is that right? Yeah, it's because they are allowing US traders onto the platform. So they're falling foul of allowing. It's a crypto. Um, it's a crypto futures um, platform. Yeah. So you're not allowed to. But do if it any was crypto futures in in the US. But if it wasn't crypto, so if it was just futures, you would have the same issue, right? Um, I, if it was a regulated platform, regulated mm. by the CFTC, then then no, you wouldn't have the same problem. So right, the, it it boils down in essence to the regulation of of cryptocurrency and, mm-hmm. and countries like the US and like we've had on other podcasts like India who are, are trying to ban ban cryptocurrency rather than regulate it in a in a more conducive way that people can actually use it. Mm-hmm. trying to stifle it. I mean, this is this is part of a wider thing that's going on at the moment, isn't it, with Binance shutting down to the US users. There's various others that have closed their door to American users. Uh, it caught me as being a bit funny that they say that, you know, they're, they're trying to determine where the US traders have used the platform. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, they definitely have. I'm not sure why we need a month a month's long investigation into this, you know. It's quite clear. Open and shut case as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, well what that about new use this exchange? <laughs> <laughs> but in, uh, so I mean I obviously I'm not American and I don't live in the US, so I'm not entirely clear. Are Americans not allowed to use any crypto exchange at does futures then, if it's yeah, not regulated? I, yeah, I think the confusion comes here is that um, if you're doing any kind of futures or commodities, you've got to be licensed. And they won't license you to do commodities for Bitcoin. So it's, it's kind of like, and then there's that gray area, like if they do futures, but maybe they just let you buy some, like, is that allowed? It seems really woolly. Yeah, I think it's a it's a dangerous area for anybody to get involved with, given there's so much speculation that nothing ever will end up being officially uh, regulated or, or licensed by the the CTFC in America. And I mean, a lot of traditional investments are, pla- are based in places like the Seychelles, the British Virgin Islands, you know, these types of places. Mm. Uh, so are Americans banned from those as well? Again, I don't know, but it's an interesting question. You know, lots of funds, hedge funds and that base themselves out of these places. Malta is another place, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Noriel Rubini, who we talked about back in episode six as one of the top crypto bulls and bears, um, reports that his sources inside BitMEX say that Russian and Iranian criminals and terrorists use BitMEX for money laundering purposes. So... Do you think there's uh, another added angle to that, given the US's um, history, well, and and current relationship with both of those countries? Uh, um, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't know that, but that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, for sure, for sure, there's if, always more to these things. Than if it's if it's true, because uh, there's lots of accusations about many exchanges about oh, it's for Russians and you know Russia and Iran are in the news quite a lot of them in it. Yeah, and and why, why Bitmex? I mean, surely they're not the only exchange that's doing this, or that is falling foul of the regulation. They seem—is it just because it's large volume? It's one of the mo- most well-known ones. I mean, there's thousands of these little shady exchanges doing the same thing. 
Well, I saw that one broker, I think it's called, settled a lawsuit with the CFTC for something similar uh, earlier in the year. So maybe they're just very piecemeal going after these companies just as they kind of get a complaint about it or something. And BitMEX is based in the Seychelles as a business or just they're domiciled there for tax and so on? Because again, I'm curious what the, what power this CFTC has over BitMEX. So they found them guilty and then what? Oh. <laughs> do, yeah. do they have any authority to find these people or to shut them down? If they're not well, in the US, they know them clearly. He's got an office in San Francisco, uh, but their main office in Hong Kong, so yeah, maybe chose that office. I don't know if either of the founders are... I know one of the founders is, is from the UK. Maybe the other founder is, is from the US or is US-based. Hmm, yeah. So, sucks for him, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the UK guy's like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> just, just... <laughs> yeah. So it's it's looking pretty heavy for Bitmex. Um, some people probably won't mind the demise of a platform like Bitmex. Like we just said, they do have potential links to Russian and Iranian uh, money laundering services. Um, they do charge quite high um, transaction fees, and overall the chance for people to lose a lot of money without really realising what's going on, I think, is quite high. They don't practice much uh, regulation in terms of anti-money laundering or, or know your customer. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within that, you have to think maybe there is something with the, the money laundering side of it. Moving on, President Trump, what did he do? He <laughs> <laughs> What didn't he do? What didn't he do? Well, this week, what he did do was make um, a fantastic tweet, which I'll read out to you now because it's glorious. He said, I am not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money, and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activity. Leading on. Similarly, Facebook's Libra virtual currency will have little standing or dependability. If Facebook and other companies want to become a bank, they must seek a new banking charter and become subject to all banking regulations, just like other banks, both national and international. And this is my favourite bit. We only have we have only one real currency in the USA, and it is stronger than ever, both dependable and reliable. It is by far the most dominant currency anywhere in the world, and it will always stay that way. It is called the United States dollar. Some <laughs> real passion there at the end from Trump. Um, aside from you know the obvious connotations of him saying oh, I'm not a fan of it. Um, what do you think? I think, is it one of these situations where this can actually only be good for Bitcoin? I think it is, actually. The fact that you've got probably one of the most famous people and powerful people in the entire world even mentioning crypto. I mean, think back before 2017 with the big boom. It's unthinkable that mainstream media, let alone the president, would have made reference to cryptocurrencies. So to have him call it out in a tweet, and you know, Twitter is where he's known to be most active, mm. um, I think it's pretty incredible of the turnaround in perception of crypto that's happened. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I think it's quite interesting that he says uh, can un- can facilitate unlawful behaviour, including drug trade and other illegal activity. I'd be curious to know what they were using for these unlawful behaviours before crypto, because as far oh, as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's the yeah. United States dollar. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's worried about the waning power of the dollar in the international drug trade. I mean, it's, it's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think he's jealous? You know, Trump's orange, Bitcoin is orange. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh. It's also interesting that he says it's not money. I mean, mm. I guess from all kinds of various regulatory standpoints and so on, if the president is saying that it is not money, that yeah, that's interesting, at least. Well, this is it. And on the basis of that, like you say, he says it's not money, and you talk about a regulatory standpoint, um, just days afterwards there was the release of a report uh, with a copy of a draft bill circulating from the US House of Representatives uh, called Keep Big Tech Out of Finance Act and this uh, draft bill is basically targeting big companies that might want to start a cryptocurrency and as you know we're all very aware uh, Facebook have made the announcement recently that they want to do exactly that so the time it's very protectionist yeah exactly yeah. it is it's all the timing of all of these tweets and then the announcement of the draft bill um, is is more than a little coincidental I would say I don't think it will have much of an effect on Facebook's progression with Libra per se I mean, we've all seen as well the amount of um, the amount of resistance they're already meeting to Libra but I think it's just another thing that will encourage people to find out what it actually is. For sure. Because, I mean, Trump Trump tweeting isn't going to suddenly put off people who are already committed to the crypto cause. You know, they're not going to change their mind because Trump's tweeted. And people who aren't currently involved in crypto so much or are less, less uh, knowledgeable, it might pique their interest a little bit, you know. So it's a win-win for Bitcoin and crypto as far well as I'm concerned. Thanks, Trump. <laughs> yeah, words you didn't think you'd be saying. Thank you. <laughs> Talking about regulation, uh, the US Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, recently announced that they have been training their staff to specifically seek out and find your Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency wallets. That's because they imagine there is quite a substantial amount of cryptocurrency tax evasion taking place um when bitcoin and cryptocurrency did start really uh, gaining popularity there was a lot of speculation that that would be one of the the primary uses for it um our sister site make use of has a, an interesting article about cryptocurrency taxes and how you should approach that when when the time comes uh, and we'll pop a link to that in the in the show notes if you want to read about it but the irs released a, a, a massive slide deck. It's 190 something slides long. Obviously it's like a PowerPoint presentation, so some of them are not as interesting as others. Can we just uh, dig into that for a second? So what, what year is it? <laughs> because okay, who is the for, anyone that, <laughs> for anyone that wants to look at these slides, you could only think that they had come from about 2002, 2003. They are almost unread. I like, does this person not know how to use PowerPoint? Oh, I'm I having mean, a look. I'm opening it as you're speaking. Wow, I didn't realize it was quite so bad. The text is all over the place. It's big blocks of images. You can't actually read what it says. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Look can at you that. Be, imagine being in a meeting where a US official presents oh, this? Man. Look at my PowerPoint. We're going to get five hours. <laughs> 
if you're listening, anyone at the IRS, we do have guides on make use of. Yeah, it, it is impressively bad. Um, we'll drop a link to this in the in the show notes as well because it's actually it's it's one of those. It's so bad. It's actually kind of a work of art. It, like James said, like straight <laughs> out of two thousand two. Or if you ever were let loose in the computer lab when you were in your early uh, teens and <laughs> nobody really had a clue what they were doing with computers back then. But oh my god. Um, anyway. So te- terrible presentation aside, um, <laughs> I actually think this could be a good thing. Um, because if the US government are saying we want to tax you on your cryptocurrencies well, we want to know where they are and how many you've got which may not be a good thing but that's kind of giving legitimacy to Bitcoin uh, I think that's a yeah. very uh, positive way of, of, of looking at it absolutely um, do you think it becomes dangerous though people are going to just hide them in better places it's quite easy Absolutely. to hide and lose bitcoins, and, and if you use a more anonymous cryptocurrency than than Bitcoin yeah. as well, there's going to be no links to to you or, or anything else. So it may well just move people on to to more private cryptocurrencies like Monero or, or Zcash or what have you. I think so. I, I don't see how this is really going to work in practice. Again, I mean, so they find a few wallets and then what? I mean, it's so labor intensive to trace these people down, the owners. I mean, they're going to be chasing their tail, aren't they? Yeah. Um, adding to it as well, uh, I think it's going to be subject to grand jury subpoenas as well. So it may well be the case that they're only going to use this sort of uh, um, technique if they come across some particularly large tax avoidance issues maybe I, I don't I don't know how brutal the IRS are I, I get the impression they're quite brutal from from what I've seen on US TV and what have you um, so maybe they will I've, 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 with every ounce of their power I've just got pictures of sniffer dogs trying to find ledger wallets around people's houses but <laughs> <laughs> people eating their cold <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't find mine because no. I, I've, I've just finished a draft of an article about how to hide your keys. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Very good. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that one, guys, because Joe's going to help you hide all of your crypto from the IRS. Joe versus the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's only going to be one winner. Well, I'm in the UK, so probably extra. Dark. Oh, you're going to win, mate. You're going to win. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on, let's uh, let's look at the articles that have been published uh, most recently on Blocks Decoded. Uh, Blocks Decoded, we publish cryptocurrency-based articles every week, two, three, four, sometimes five a week. Um, they aim to help you understand a little bit more about the cryptocurrency world, uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency wallets, how to store it, how to keep it safe. Uh, and much more and one thing we like to do is help you find other places where people are talking about cryptocurrencies so I'm going to hand over to Dan who's going to let you know a few of the best cryptocurrency subreddits you can find yeah thanks Gavin so uh, yeah I took a look at the best crypto subreddits as Gavin says Uh, and again as Gavin said it's very important I think to find different areas where people are having conversations about crypto. Everyone automatically gravitates towards crypto Twitter, but 
I mean, that's full of its own faults. So Reddit's a nice alternative. There's some cool information on there. Again, it's one of those situations where you've got to scratch through the surface a little bit to find the good stuff. But let's, let's take a look at some of <clears throat> some of the largest crypto subreddits and some maybe smaller, more niche ones that you might not have picked up on. So the largest crypto subreddit is our Bitcoin. Um, 1.1 million subscribers. It's larger than the generic cryptocurrency subreddit. Um, all Bitcoin discussions. You're not going to find much chat about altcoins. If there's any criticism of it, it's possibly that it's not quite serious enough. You know, there's loads of memes, there's loads of beginner stuff, which is important for some people, but it's it can get a little bit tiresome reading it. And that's a problem that uh, carries over to our cryptocurrency as well. It's just packed with memes, with shills, with jokes. You know, if you want quality chat, then you need to go a little bit deeper. So for Bitcoin, there is a competitive, a competitor subreddit, r slash BTC, which acts as a more, should I say, friendly or more inclusive place for people to chat. Our Bitcoin is repeatedly criticized by users. People say the mods are too strict, you know, the censorship, all the rest of it. BTC, it talks about all forms of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Gold. You know, you can talk about any of the various Bitcoin forks in there and not be chucked out and have your account banned. Uh, they also do some uh, Ask Me Anythings, a few memes, but it's not quite so bad as the others. Uh, but it's a lot smaller. So there's only 260,000 members as opposed to the 1 million in the main Bitcoin subreddit. Uh, so, but which are some other ones worth checking out? Uh, Ico Crypto is a good one. Obviously, the Ico craze of 2017 has faded a little bit in more recent times. But, you know, Icos are still a big thing, even if they're not getting in the headlines quite as much as they were. There's still billions of dollars being traded on them and so on. Mm. Uh, so the Ico Crypto subreddits, lots of Ask Me Anythings. Lots of posts from companies that are about to launch their own ICOs, uh, posts from reviewers. Uh, you know, if, if you're into ICOs and you like to sort of stay abreast of what's going on in that area, definitely worth subscribing to. Uh, and we've actually, while we're talking about ICOs, there is an article on the site as well, which specifically looks at some of the best sites that uh, discuss ICOs. So do check that out as well. Uh, and another one worth checking out for a certain subset of people is GPU mining. So it's the largest subreddit, subreddit about crypto mining, obviously aimed at people who want to mine using their GPU rather than a CPU. Um, so that lowers the bar of entry somewhat. People with less powerful hardware can get involved. And, you know, there's all sort of kinds of discussions about which are the best, most profitable coins to mine at the moment, you know, which ones are worth avoiding, which hardware you should use, all the rest of it. Uh, and there's a few, uh, a bit, I should say, each, not each, but many of the mainstream coins do have their own subreddit. So I'm not going to delve too deeply into those, but there's a couple of other ones that are worth checking out that sort of deal with all coins, specifically about trading. So there's R Crypto Markets and there's F Trader. Again, there's some smaller ones dedicated to trading the smaller coins, but you're going to find market analysis, technical analysis, you know, charts, 
you know, all the kinds of things you need to try and be able to turn a profit. Again, the old adage, do your own research. Don't just trust some random guy on Reddit with, you know, who says you should, who says you should load up on a hundred times investment on some little coin you've never heard of, but it can help point you in the right direction. And I think the last one that's probably worth checking out is cryptocurrency news. Uh, it's crypto underscore currency underscore news, uh, which, as the name suggests, it's entirely focused on news stories. So no memes, no videos, no beginner questions. If you just have a general passion for the crypto space and you want to you know, stay abreast of the latest news that's coming out without having to set up endless rss feeds and visit thousands of sites every different every day then it's a cool hub to go and check out and get the biggest stories every day i'd be curious to know what you guys think though do you guys use crypto reddit do you subscribe to any of those any favorites bitcoin bitcoin I'd rather than like that one yeah and i hate as i said uh, before the show i hate our cryptocurrency i just find it so they're just like always dumping on almost every coin. Yeah. Uh, the difference I found between uh, cryptocurrency news and our cryptocurrency is, is is phenomenal, really, isn't it? I think it's one of those things with the the main uh, our cryptocurrency subreddit is that as the user base grew, it becomes like a race to the bottom, really, doesn't it? The, like you say in the article, there's a never-ending supply of memes, and it is just it's a constant turnover of. Of rubbish, yeah, I, and then any sort of decent content that actually gets posted, like Joe just said, it gets downvoted or slammed, or you know, the yeah, you know, I can understand the, it. The, it, it, it. It's like an entry hub, isn't it? It's like a, it's like a gateway into crypto Reddit. For people who don't really know anything, who are maybe just getting their feet wet, they're going to search Reddit cryptocurrency in Google. That's going to pop up at the top, and then everyone subscribes, and then slowly, as you say, it filters into. Mm the slightly more specific subreddits i think it's the the difficulty with a platform like reddit and attempting to have a decent discussions isn't it um because it's so open anybody can use it obviously you are mm-hmm. always gonna unless the moderators of the subreddits are really strict and actually on it with removing content and and deleting the rubbish then it, it quickly becomes quite crowded i think with a lot of crypto content if you do want the good stuff um as we've talked about before like medium is a really good place to to pick up uh good crypto content isn't it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and of course blocksdecoded.com has a great one as well hey i like that so <laughs> i've heard of them yeah <laughs> they're all really handsome as well actually god damn <laughs> yeah mate there's one guy who makes some naked and ties it's a shame that the guys on the mods of some of these subreddits can't sort of club together and restructure the whole crypto subreddit space a little bit I, you know you can imagine the ask cryptocurrency subreddit which was strictly moderated that could be cool to hang out one that was dedicated to the ask me anything you know mm. there's space to change it a little bit but well, it'll be interesting going through and and do it. seeing um you know there's like the the super moderators of, of reddit the ones that you know moderate like 200 or 500 subreddits mm-hmm. obviously they haven't got mm-hmm. time to do it it's just a it's just an accumulation of reddits that they allegedly Moderate, so I'm sure mm-hmm. there's probably several of those just to bulk out their numbers. So people that mm. don't actually care about it at all just let yeah. anything happen. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a tricky thing. Like you said, there's a lot of interesting um, subreddits there. If you want the good stuff, perhaps it's best to stay away from the from the larger subreddits. Um, That's the case for all of Reddit, though, isn't it? It's the case for any given topic on Reddit. The smaller ones are always the best. The ones with the more engaged community, he's more like-minded people. As any subreddit blooms in size and quality goes down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit now about Bitcoin insurance policies. Now, obviously, your Bitcoin is very valuable. Um, the more you have of it, the more valuable for now. it is. For now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when it reaches the moon of 100 or 1 million, we're all going to be multi-millionaires, of course. The, I- the IRS is going to be multi-millionaires. I don't know about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> it stands to reason, though, you might consider insuring your Bitcoin. I took a look at this on the Blocks Decoded website to see if there were any personal Bitcoin insurance policies. There's not really any. I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Um, yeah. If you have a substantial amount of Bitcoins that you, that you own or other cryptocurrencies of, of significant value, you can invest, uh, sorry, investigate whether your homeowner's policy would cover something like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. There are also cyber security insurance policies that offer extensions for cryptocurrencies. Um, The difficulty is that because it's such an untested market, many of the major insurance providers don't really know quite how to handle it still. Uh, And because so much of insurance is based upon previous data of breaches and claims and payouts there's not really much data for that either so the alternative actually is using cryptocurrency exchanges that have either their own insurance or have um, coverage uh, in the US so for instance Coinbase have up to 250 thousand dollars worth of insurance for your account and the same as the gemini exchange similarly binance has an in-house fund that acts as a stopgap uh, in the event of a breach um, or otherwise when the binance exchange was hacked last month or the month before um, they refunded all of the customers that were affected by it from this in-house fund. So rather than having a massive insurance policy that could cost cost uh, Binance or another exchange uh, an awful lot of money, it's easier for them to build up an in-house buffer that then they can then use uh, to protect their customers. So if there was a cryptocurrency insurance policy, would, would any of you guys take something out? Do you think it's worthwhile? Nope. I would. I mean, if I think if you if you have sufficient Bitcoin to feel like you need to insure it, then definitely. I think it's an area that can grow substantially. But there's going to be issues with regards to, you know, how they go, how the insurance company is going to verify how many Bitcoin you own, you know, and all these kinds of questions. Are you going to give them access to your wallets? You know, Bitcoin's so volatile that it could be worth twice tomorrow what it's worth today. You know, raises a lot of questions. But on the face of it, I think it's a good idea. 
Mm, it's interesting you say that about the, 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 the change in price. Uh, Ty Sagalo, uh, who's the chief executive of the Innovation Insurance Group, LLC, which have been delivering cryptocurrency and insurance products since 2013 to, to businesses, uh, he says it is an expensive product that many companies cannot afford. An insurance policy in January 2017 for $10 million would have covered you for over 10,000 Bitcoins. A year later, with Bitcoin at its all-time high, that would have only extended Sorry, to did... 900 Bitcoins. The volatility of that makes it incredibly difficult for Bitcoin insurance providers to, to even consider insuring i think so perhaps the in-house insurance will remain the best option for the for the foreseeable future and there are these other options as well like i remember reading some time ago that i think it might have been in switzerland maybe or the south of france or something that there's just a massive vault in the side of a mountain that you know all these bitcoin whales you know that put in put in their hardware wallets or whatever it might be in lock safes in like an armed fortress buried under a mountain i mean that seems to me possibly more sensible if you have that that many bitcoins that you really need to protect them. Yeah, if you've got that level of money that you can afford to buy a vault under a mountain, then well, it's, 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 it's yeah. They, I mean, it's not just what for one guy, right? I mean, loads of you know, safes or whatever that people can put their stuff in. So yeah, I'd be more yeah, my, my bank actually has a secure storage vault that you can access any time of day. Um, so even for like. You know, if you have a, a modest modest amount of crypto that you still think I'd rather put that somewhere safe, I think maybe having a look at those kind of options because there we think of like Swiss bank accounts, for, you know, under the mountains and things. Um, but I think there are some that are available to you know more everyday users. So what's that? What's that, James? It's a uh, your bank has a what is it, a room that you can just go in and put your yeah, stuff in well, safe. Yeah, you can't just go in it, but uh, yeah, well, no. <laughs> it's, it's it's attached to the bank. And that would be pretty dangerous, right? Not very secure. <laughs> <laughs> just walk into a room. <laughs> but yeah, so just just down the road from me, there's my branch has uh, yeah secure storage area. They're they're only small lockers, but I mean, you know, your hardware wallet's only small. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, and that that's 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 guarded, or how does it work? Yeah, uh, this, yeah, this is new to me that that high street banks in the UK are offering this. Maybe it's common, and in my ten years away. Well, it's uh, I actually use a bank called Metro Bank, and they're, they're a US bank. So if you okay. listen to the US, they may offer that service there too. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen it in other banks before, so maybe it's just something unique to Metro Bank. But still, it, it might be worth investigating to see if your bank does something similar. Yeah, very cool. My bank definitely doesn't, and this is why I want Bitcoin because <laughs> here, here in the UK and you know living in the countryside, last year they closed the three nearest branches to me, oh, uh, and now they've just now they've just sent me a letter saying they're closing the other branch they transferred me to. Um, wow. So that leaves me with their one branch in the city centre, and that's fine. I work in the city, um, but you know it's like one branch from a whole city, mm-hmm. uh, so it yeah. always queues out the door, and it's just a terrible experience. So roll on Bitcoin. Time to find a new bank, Joe. <laughs> Blimey, that is pretty serious, isn't it? Yeah, roll on Bitcoin. We don't have to rely on um, brick and mortar banks anymore. Joe, would you like to finish us up with yes, certainly. Bitcoin over-the-counter trading? So, over-the-counter trading or OTC trading is, in my opinion, the best way to cash out your Bitcoin if you have enough of them. 
So there are some caveats we get to, but effectively, over-the-counter trading is almost as it sounds in that you can walk in, say I want to sell these bitcoins, and then they'll arrange everything for you. It's, it's not a shop. But essentially, there are websites which handle this and brokers who will broker a deal between you looking to buy or sell Bitcoin and somebody else looking to buy and sell Bitcoin. But the big fly in the ointment here is that these are specifically for big deals. So we're talking about hundreds of millions, sometimes even billion dollar trades, which are not practical to just do on an exchange or localbitcoins.com, you know, want to sell 100,000 Bitcoin, please, Uh maybe even more. Um, And so you essentially, you find a broker and there's lots of brokers who are always competing for your business and the broker will handle almost everything for you. So it's not anonymous, but you are pseudo anonymous. So you don't know the person who's buying them, but there's lawyers involved you know the broker you have to go through extensive know your customer validation so this may be verifying your bank funds your your bitcoin wallet funds your passport your address maybe you know if you've run a business that you've never been bankrupt all that sort of thing um so there's all fees in that you may have to use escrow depending on your deal so it's really simple and they work really well but for me, us mere mortals with only you know less significant amounts of Bitcoin, <laughs> it's really not going to work out well for us. Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry, didn't realise you had a billion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I like to downplay it. Yeah, so they're, they're very secure, but they can be slow. Uh, they're not completely anonymous. They're going to be very expensive, but they are without doubt the best way to trade vast quantities. So, where are these? OTC companies based are they you know to refer back to our, what we were talking about earlier are they regulated in the US or are we uh, talking about well, a little shady companies in the well, a lot of, well brokers are actually most of them are kind of freelance um, okay. a lot of people who prominent figures say on LinkedIn would often get just bombarded with people like hey I can broker a deal for you because there's something like 10 times more brokers than buyers or sellers because it can be a very lucrative business Presumably people go back to trusted brokers rather than just someone that pings them a little message on LinkedIn saying, (laughs) hey, bud, want to sell 50,000 bitcoins or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I guess it depends, you know, how often you want to trade 50,000 bitcoins. If you're just doing it once or Mm. if if this is a bit of a business. So this differs slightly from, you know, I have a background in finance and OTC trading to me has always meant you know, the, the, the equity is not listed on any major exchange and then you're, you know, for whatever reason, they've not, they've not got listed and so you, and you want to buy it, then you do over-the-counter trading. Here you're saying that you can still trade the biggest coins using OTC. You can trade anything. It's just about it, brokers just match buyers and sellers. Um, and so the other benefit of this is that everything is off exchange, so you don't have to there's sometimes an escrow but you don't have to send money to an exchange which might crash or get hacked you essentially just send it peer-to-peer to the seller or buyer who you don't know and so you do, you, it doesn't influence the market doing massive trades it's nobody knows you've traded that much money they could probably see the transaction but they have no clue who it is and so so many many benefits yeah it sounds like the whole dark 
thing in traditional finance again you know this idea that all this volumes off exchange and the public can't really see what's going on with it and you know you can move a lot of volume around without affecting the price so much so yeah, yeah very for, interesting for the big players <laughs> there'd be no benefit in people so clubbing together to create a larger thing it really is only if you've got the the bitcoin already there's no benefit say if the four of us got together and threw in two and a half thousand bitcoin each you don't get a better exchange rate or anything do you no i mean it kind of just gets around the issues you know coinbase i think it starts at twenty five thousand dollars a day mm. withdrawal limits um so this is just peer-to-peer trading it's almost like local bitcoins mm. uh, but analog you know emails and phone calls in the real world there could be other ways to do it but mm. you don't you're not subject to the limits if you want to sell a billion dollars worth I'm sure you could find somebody who'd buy them might take some time yeah so did local did local bitcoins then have regulations in place to stop you trading certain amounts uh not that I'm aware of but local bitcoins is similar but not the same sorry go on Joe so local bitcoins does act as a broker but that's more your digital broker or more than eBay, somebody says, I've got this, somebody says, okay, I want to buy it, and they talk to each other and arrange it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas OTC, uh, you talk to the broker, he says, right, I'm going to find you a seller or find you right, a buyer, okay. and then you need to sign this contract, you need to prove these documents, this is the deal you're going to make, and we're going to do it on this day, it's going to cost you this much money. Right, I see. Mm, that's probably quite lucrative uh, commission work if you can find it. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it's fascinating, this the idea that, I don't know really how to best describe it, that the, the crypto finance industry is gravitating more and more towards traditional finance in terms of the way it works. You know, the, these OTC pools, the insurances, all these things yes. are all very much traditional financial products that are now well, becoming available in Bitcoin. Custody services as well are starting mm-hmm. to uh, spring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Okay. Well, based upon that, and given that none of us are actually massive crypto whales with tens of thousands of bitcoins, uh, how do you know? <laughs> I shouldn't presume, but I haven't seen. I've, I've got Gavin's wallet address. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, I can't speak for these guys, but I am minted. Um, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening to the Blocks Decoded podcast if you can give us a moment of your time a little review on apple podcasts or itunes would go a long way to helping spread the word of the blocks decoded podcast and the website itself we would be eternally grateful and we look forward to speaking with you next time thanks very much goodbye goodbye bye bye